It's taken us about 13 years to finally get to see this movie. James Cameron is probably one of the few filmmakers who, I mean, amazingly can say he has three films that have each reached a box office of one and a half billion and still going. So I I just want to be honest, when the first movie of this franchise came out, I wasn't so hyped about it. I was kind of a Debbie Downer. I was kind of negative about it. Um, not that it was a bad movie, but just I feel like people thought I didn't like to. Uh, I didn't like it because I didn't get as amped about it as everyone else did. Um, so, with that, I think y'all can tell uh, today we're going to be talking about Avatar Two: Way of Water. Let's talk for a minute. For today's episode, it's a little different. I'm actually really happy that uh, I have a friend of mine joining today, Jonathan Olivo, who we have been going back and forth talking about Avatar 2, about being excited for it. This is a film that's been long in the making. Jonathan, uh, how long ago did you see the movie? I saw this sequel around two weeks ago, so it's still very fresh. Let's just dive right into it. What's your rating out of 10 for the whole thing? What would you say? I would say a eight. I would say an eight. What about you? Mine was a eight out of ten as well. Eight out of ten for sure. Uh, eight out of ten. It just, you know, it's one of those things where I heard the critiques of the film later. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. I was just so into this movie the whole time. You know, I was initially worried. You know, I even made a joke about it being a three hour plus movie, but I was hooked. I loved the. All right, so right now we're just jumping into the pros. I loved the action. I loved the beauty of it. I loved the visuals of it. I mean, it's been 13 years now. The original composer was James Horner from 2009. He died in a plane crash, so Simon Frangen took over as composer. Amazing soundtrack, and he had worked under James Horner, so I think he got the feel, you know, what his style would be. In fact, a little side note on that, when that plane crash happened and Horner died, they were in the middle of still making The Magnificent Seven, the remake with Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt. And Frangen took over, and that was the first time of kind of seeing, can he get the feel of you know his mentor, the original composer, James Horner? Again, for this movie, Avatar, Way of Water, the, the score worked. I can keep going. You tell me, like, what were some of the like positives, or, or all the positives, please? No, definitely. I definitely agree with the score. The score definitely stood out. And I didn't know James Horner passed away in a plane crash. I knew he passed away. That's horrible. I didn't know he passed away. I love his uh, his yeah. Children of Men score. Oh, yeah. By the way, that's a, a movie that we need to do an episode just on that one itself, because that is a one-of-a-kind film that it shook me and never going to forget it. For this one, though, just it was interesting being kind of shown a, a new world. Going into this movie, I knew that there was going to be that whole water being more of a focus, that setting, the community. And I was I was thinking, okay, I'm going to roll my eyes. This is going to be cheesy, whatever. No. I just think it's that attention to detail that this guy Cameron has. I was there for all of it. Heads up, by the way, this is going to be a spoiler review episode because we're talking about everything. It's just the fact that the whole theme of family, the introduction of the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Tolkien, the like whale-like creatures mm-hmm. um, that, that, were, that were in it. The only part that like felt a little like, all right, guys, you're really reaching here how they brought back some of the cast members from from the first oh yeah you know yeah 
I, um, I mean, you know, I, I did miss the first five minutes of this movie. Uh, I just okay. came late. So I, I assumed that I wasn't missing a lot. But I did enjoy seeing Sigourney Weaver again and seeing, I forgot the villain's name, but seeing him back, I thought he looked really cool. If there was like a hot toy collectible of him with his sunglasses on as a Navi, I, that's something I'd like to collect. Aesthetically, he, they all, all the villains, I think, looked really cool. Seeing, like, just to go back to what you're mentioning, seeing how James Cameron decided to bring back old characters that have died, I think worked out pretty well. And I think this movie made me remember how important the concept of Avatar was in the first. I originally, when I think back of the first one, I really forget the whole concept of Sam Worthington's character being a human going into an Avi. I completely forget about that. I just go, oh yeah, it's a movie about, I saw it, you know, five times when it came out, but I just remember, okay, I remember the world, uh, Pandora, it's awesome, they fight, cool. But I totally forgot that that's, that's the whole plot of the first movie. So when he started this one with having the, yeah, the, the, the bad guy have his uh, consciousness re-uploaded into into a Navi, I thought, okay, that's, yeah, what else are you going to do? Because I think that's what James Cameron shines at is making sequels where Alien, Aliens, Terminator 2, uh, Terminator, Terminator 2, he, he, he knows how to do a good sequel where you're moving the story forward and it's not just a movie sequel sidequel that exists nowadays, kind of like the MCU. The MCU does it really well. But I think I'm just so accustomed to that format that I forget that a sequel can be formatted really well. The momentum is moving forward. No, I totally hear you. And because it was after I you know, finished the movie, I, I came out of it. I was thinking, all right, I remember with the first one, I, again, I wasn't super excited, but I realized with this one, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much had I not seen the first one. You know what I mean? Like if, if all that you need that, that information that kind of set up the, all of that, you know, from the first one. Yeah. And plus look, even if there is a part of me being like, oh my gosh, we're bringing back, you know, the same people and everything. How can you complain with that cast? Sigourney Weaver, which by the way, playing a, she was supposed to be what, 14 years old or something like that? 15? Like she did an yeah. incredible job. And, and then also Stephen Lang back as as that villain character is is just he's always great in 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 everything for the positives this movie had a a lot of really good balance too i like the fact that they didn't try to make it all action like that there were beats okay so there's the dramatic stuff then the you know intense action then some more dramatic stuff it just with each of those peaks and valleys you enjoy when it gets to the action part i mean that third act of the movie it, it just it blew me away. Like I, I really hope for these companies out there that are currently or maybe in the future involved with virtual reality, augmented reality. I hope Cameron's talking to them because how is this guy not already deeply involved with gaming? After seeing the visuals from from this movie, do you know? Did they make an Avatar game after the first movie? They are okay. So when the first one came out, I was in ninth grade, and I have distinct memories of playing a mobile avatar on my phone that's all that i remember but i do know that there is a new avatar game coming out next year maybe this year yeah it's like it's like a big deal but that's all that i know about the games yeah whatever they have planned i mean it it, you know avatar gaming vr it all goes together so well not to change subjects so quickly but the cgi on this i wanted to just mention is oh yeah you know it's so, it, it's the first, I was telling uh, my family this, I was telling them, it's the first movie I've seen where I really don't know, and I'm just a normal person who watches a lot of movies just like everyone else. I can't tell 
what's CGI and what's real? What's practical? What's not? Are they doing close-ups for hands and stuff? I don't know. Practical I mean, close-ups. I mean, I yeah. Couldn't tell at all, like myself for sure. And when, you know, they would show some of the behind the scenes videos, I think some of the stuff that had to be practical was like water tanks every now and then. You know, but the rest was just, you know, they show all, the, all of the, those videos of the gear, the suits they'd wear, the helmets with the camera, like right in front of their face. You know, that whole thing where I'm sure we've seen so many times now, Kate Winslet talking about her breaking the record of like Tom Cruise and, you know, seven minutes plus holding her breath underwater. That's incredible, especially again for that third act. I see where that fits. By the way, I just want to throw in something for a second. You mentioned for the, you remember playing a game on your mobile phone and back then you were in ninth grade. Uh, listener, uh, he just made me feel really, really old right now, but that's okay. I'm going to no. let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Did not mean to. And just, you know, the pros, like, we're kind of ignoring the lead cast. I mean, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana. I just want to say, if there was any actor's career that, that I think all actors would want right now, it's got to be Zoe Saldana's. I mean, she has been able to earn her way into all these amazing franchises. Star Trek, she's been into Marvel stuff. Was it Guardians of the Galaxy? We have the third one coming out soon. Avatar, that's an incredible career to have these amazing films that, you know, that she's been a part of. And then Sam Worthington too. I mean, like the two of them are going to get to, if the rumors and stuff are correct, With if there's only five that are going to be made and now the next three are going to take each two years to make. Only five, yeah. Yeah, only five, right? Until 2028, they're going to be making these movies. That is amazing. That And I, you know something? I don't think there's any risk of people being bored. I'm going to switch to the cons for a second, but like, it's funny. Even though these are cons, I kind of have to fight each of them. One of the complaints is that this is not an original story. A not very nice way of putting it is, oh, this is the Pocahontas story in space with the first movie. And then with this second one, they have pretty much repeated beat for beat stuff from the first film, just in a new setting with some different characters, but still same plot points. Like by the time you get to that second, third act, something really terrible happens and it's just so emotional and sad. And then, you know, you have to fight back and... Actually, what I'm going to do right here is I went and saw this movie with a friend of mine named Cody. He described the beat-for-beat beat part of this perfectly. I'm going to insert the audio right here. Avatar 2's plot is the exact same as Avatar 1 in the sense that the main character is plunged into a different culture and isn't immediately accepted, and they're fighting a bad guy from outer space which is there to just farm a mineral that's worth millions and billions of dollars except this time it's whales and jake's not immediately accepted and then has to fight and earn his way to acceptance the only difference is this time that he has a family and he's an alien and that was him just saying exactly how ridiculous this movie is in, in a sense that it is almost the same movie as the first one but jonathan and listeners I don't care. It was entertaining. It just grabbed me the entire way through. I think it's kind of like what you were saying. The The visual part really commands a lot out of you from this movie. Like, I, 
Yeah, I was too stunned to care about a, like a lot of things I'd normally care about and whine about. Well, you know, it, it's I I absolutely agree. I mean, I think I go into I went into this Avatar movie with, to be honest, very little expectation. I didn't. I really liked the first one, not enough to ever buy it in 4K or anything. But if it was on TV, I'd watch it. I'd sometimes watch clips on YouTube of it, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. When this one, when I saw this one, I only saw the first teaser trailer on purpose and I went in pretty blind. I really enjoyed it. I think the CGI is so breathtaking that it almost concerns me of, am I ever going to sit home and watch this even if I own a big TV? And I would say yes, but the movie theater experience, this is designed for a movie theater. I mean, to, to go watch it in uh, in IMAX, go watch it in the biggest one you have, you can get. And I'm going to go see it this weekend again. I don't know if you've ever seen a movie at uh, Screen X, but uh, Screen oh. X is what some Cinemark theaters have. And basically Basically, you have your movie playing in the front of you and it stretches onto two additional screens to your left and right where the walls are. I've never done that before. Yeah, I'm going to go see it there. But just to go off what you were saying about the CGI, CGI is mind blowing. And I, I feel like I enjoy the movie enough to call it an 8 out of 10. But I'm a little concerned that as time goes on, it might get slightly lowered. But you know what? I don't care. Right now I'm enjoying it. And the only reason why I say it might lower in my book is because I think I look at his movies like theme park rides, and if there's a story, mm-hmm. movies, Avatar movies, yes. and if there's a yes, and if there's a story that's compelling, that's a cherry on top. If there's not, yeah. then then I'm not going to enjoy it. This had a pretty good story. I cared about all of the characters. I wasn't confused. And Sirab, I want you to I want to talk to you about this. The big thing that I really enjoyed about this in terms of action. It was very, it was choreographed incredibly well, and I knew where everybody was. And that sounds like such a simple thing to enjoy, but nowadays in so many action movies, the art of of, of uh, cinematography and uh, camera operation, I guess, or or where even to place the camera in film, yeah, in specifically fight scenes, is kind of going away. It's kind of like you know, let's just film it. Okay, you see, you know, it doesn't really matter if you if you get the best angle of of where people punch each other or where explosions happen just capture it and move on and this this movie i knew it, i can almost i can get a pencil right now and write out exactly where everybody was at the end of that fight and oh yeah it's beautiful i mean uh, to that end i can think of so two types of or, or two particular movies with uh like action which is getting a little messy now first one like would be if you take any of the like avenger movies now um, it's getting a little too uh, cluttered. And, you know, again, like with uh, Avatar, the camera, you know, you can digitally put it you know, wherever you want. You know what I mean? Like you can put it in a virtual environment so that you have a lot of choices. Um, so that's, I, I don't understand why we're still yeah, having that problem. But then the other one, which uh, I was surprised also they had this kind of a problem. I watched um, John Wick 2 again. And th- there's that fight scene uh, where he goes to the cab station, um, and I'm just like, this is really messy, you know. Like, and again, it's him, maybe three or four other guys, you know, fighting. Um, but it'd be like, okay, the 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 master shot, the like close up, whatever. And it, um, but you know what? Even there, I don't care because because those are fun movies. If you can make your movie fun. You can start to, to you know, like, I start to care less about that. I tell you what, though, on the scale of fun, still, this Avatar 2 was way better than those last two I just mentioned. 
that that last scene, the, the the last act, the third act, when Zoe Saldana, for example, is like fighting and and Worthington, and it was just out of this world, amazing. With to your point, like the how the camera was moving and everything too, and and like now for this, um, this is for the next one supposedly, the third Avatar movie. They're going to be introducing like fire people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like I, I, I'm already excited. I don't even know what the hell they're going to do for that, but like. Just with everything we've seen so far, the forest, the sea, now you're going to throw in fire? I mean, okay, just take my money. Yeah, the, No, I absolutely agree. I was just going to say also that for, for a con, I really thought the runtime was going to be something that would really bother me because when I have seen movies that go that long, Malcolm X, Return of the King, Artist Batman. Art, yes, it was. I, I felt like 30 minutes, maybe a little too long, or tw- 20, 30 minutes uh, too long. But I still liked it. You know, like I know people call that emo Batman, but I still really liked it. For this one being three hours, I didn't really feel it because I was just like every part of it I was interested in. I remember both with Return of the King and with Spielberg's artificial intelligence movie, there were three times in both of those movies where I'm like, oh, the ending is here. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, it's still cold. Cool. Okay. Oh, no, no. Okay, this is, yeah, the second part. This is the ending here. Oh, oh, wait, what? It took three times for the movie to finally end. And I'm just like, all right, we can leave now. And you can imagine, like, that hurt the score for me badly. Interesting. Well, you know, I agree. I agree with with bad three-hour movies. Yes, it, it's hard for me to enjoy them. Return of the King, I always make an exception because I remember watching that in theaters as a kid and just being like, "Oh, I don't want this to end." But that's the that's the magic of movies to a to a, a young child. If I was an adult, I'm sure I would. Or, or or if I was, you know, I drink a big soda, I'd be like, "Okay, I need to get out of here." I think also one maybe bias or whatever I had with um, Return of the King was I never I never read the Tolkien books. You know, I I didn't know much about it, and so. It wasn't something that I was, again, super excited to begin with. I did like, I mean, The Return of the King, you know, was great. I, again, just uh, the ending kind of tested me a bit. The only other con, 13 years, 13 years, you know, like, I really hope when Cameron says it will not take another, like, that much time for these next installments, he was saying, oh, okay, but this was to get things where they needed to be. And now we've actually filmed a little bit already of installment three, installment four, and installment five. He was saying that for that spider character, the the human kid, you know, um, names the uh, there's a human kid character in the movie named Spider, and there's no motion capture. It's just the actor himself being recorded. Um, he said, I want to, uh, James Cameron said, we need to film all his stuff now because he's going to age out i thought it was actually kind of um he he didn't hold back he's like have you all seen stranger things and like with each season that passes these kids look like like they've aged you know four or five years i really hope that for episode three that he says we're going to get it in 2024 is, is it correct that i think he uh, cameron said it's been shot all the sound everything's ready it's just the effects and rendering and all that takes the longest time i think right or from what i heard yeah the third one according to him that it's done in terms of uh actually shooting yeah so i i, I hold him to it i think we'll get a, a third one next year which isn't about far away from now at all so yeah i'm excited you, you know if this goes if this goes all according to plan we'll get a trailer for the third one maybe this december or uh next january and then he was saying that he has ideas for a possible episode six and seven at that point he really i'm sure he has to be creating some video diaries or something or or some video training or training some new director because he will not be 
able to live that long to make all of these at the way it's going. I mean, how old is the guy already? Hold on, let me just do a little. I think I think he's a hundred and three. Let's see, you, James Cameron. Okay, so nineteen fifty-four, doing some. What's that? What's that math right now? Sixty-eight. So he's okay. I'm sure he, you know. Maybe he has someone in mind. I mean, he did work with. What was it Robert Rodriguez hired him to do um, Alita? If Cameron, if you could have Cameron make a film. Another film, it could be either of one of his existing properties or something brand new, but it has to be live action. What would you want that movie to be? This is going to sound absurd to people listening, but I want him to just take his Spider-Man script from 19-whatever, 1990-whatever, and make that movie. And originally, he wanted Leonardo DiCaprio right before Titanic. And you know what? I say bring on Leonardo DiCaprio now. Yeah at whatever age he is and we'll have a 40 year old spider-man i don't know i think i mean that's that's something that's a project that he always shelved and i didn't hear the best things about but i've seen concept art of it and it always looked really interesting to me so Mm. there's that and i would probably you know this is also going to sound not that great but i wouldn't mind having him just do one Terminator movie that he's fully directing and in charge of. Okay, okay. I'm going to come back to that Terminator thing uh, in a moment because I have something very specific I want to address with that. But for me, the, yeah. the one that I would really I would really want him to do another one of, live action, True Lies. Terminator 2 and True Lies, they're tied for like my favorite. Look, I love Titanic and The Abyss and you know all the other ones, Aliens, of course, but those two. And I think just slightly more True Lies I, I like more than Terminator 2. Not saying that Terminator 2 is bad for a second, but there's just something about the absurdity in a funny and yet good action way that I love about True Lies. And the cheesiness too, and it being over the top. And they had Charlton Heston a cameo in it. You had Jamie Lee Curtis. First of all, Jamie Lee Curtis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Tom Arnold. That grouping together of actors is brilliant. And the only thing that would make me sad if they were to do a new one is there'd be one actor missing, which unfortunately he can't be a part of it. Who am I talking about? Hold on. You know what, Sarah? I have to. This is gonna be this is gonna be a huge reveal right now. Reveal live on the podcast. I've never seen all of True Lies. I've seen chunks of it. Have you seen those parts of it where, first of all, man, watch that movie like that? You know, please, please watch that movie. It's really good. Did you ever see the parts of the movie that had Jamie Lee Curtis and she's hanging out with this guy who is a car salesman, but he pretends he's an agent? It was played by Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Oh. And and he is beyond brilliant in that movie with again there's scenes with him and tom arnold and schwarzenegger it's just so funny i mean really 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 funny please do see that coming back to terminator terminator one and two because you know it's those two movies and they're very closely connected the usage of time travel as a plot device it works and it works well but then when you had terminator three four five and then six using the reset button with time travel i'm like then the stakes don't matter for the first two it's okay because you know we're playing around with this it's brand new and the effects were new and you know everything uh schwarzenegger himself was pretty new you know but if you keep doing it who cares you could you can open with like a new terminator comes in or whatever but then i want that time machine broken i want it gone and i want it to be like whatever happens is absolute then we actually feel some goddamn stakes. Otherwise, why do I care? Look, even if it's an action movie, and I, I know that some people say, you know, oh, I shouldn't take it so seriously. I, I'm not, but it's just a reset to get, I don't know. I just feel like, okay, it's an excuse for a money grab. 
It definitely is. And I feel, you know, what, what's interesting is that the fourth one, Salvation with Christian Bale, that's not my favorite Terminator movie at all, but that's the only one that had no time travel and that was actually trying to say, okay, let's try something new. Let's not keep having the same ABC plot of Terminator from the past. Um, Terminator from the future comes to the past, hunts him down. It's a chase. You know, the fourth one did try to do something new. And again, that's not my favorite Terminator, but yeah, I would definitely enjoy another one now this isn't even about James Cameron. If anybody wants to just reboot the thing, I'm down. I, I really didn't like the last one with Linda Carter. Uh, not Linda Carter. Yeah. Jesus. Is that her name? Uh, Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Linda Carter from Wonder Woman. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, I really didn't like that one. I really wanted to. So Terminator and Spider-Man is what I would want James Cameron to return to. I, one thing I want to return to with Avatar 2 is I'm trying to think why am I sticking with an 8? I would just say like a 7 is like a film that has like some entertaining scenes but it's not enough to like want to stay on if it was on tv or something seven and a half definitely is that like okay i might stay for a few minutes eight i'm watching the whole thing i will watch the whole thing it has some memorable stuff in it you know and then beyond that like if then then we're getting into territories of being like i need to buy a copy of it i need to see re-releases of it you know all of that i want to see if they do uh if they release behind the scenes stuff i want to watch more of that yeah eight out of ten is because it was thoroughly entertaining it is a simple story at its core there is that too the eight rating is kind of like what you said pretty much ever since true lies uh, or even terminator cameron's movies are a roller coaster ride and i think if you are really expecting more you're just not having fun yeah you're gonna set yourself up for disappointment i think actually that's probably you know i would go back and tell the old me in 2009 like loosen up i probably would have enjoyed the first one more if i had that mindset going into it i don't know why i wasn't thinking that way when i saw it just to recap on, on those scores um avatar 2 for me is definitely an 8 out of 10 jonathan you're staying you're sticking with yours still an 8 still an 8 out of 10 and my question to you sir rob is what movies this year in 2022 also did you give an eight or above to an eight or do you remember above yeah yeah um so top gun maverick everything everywhere all at once and uh glass onion prey the the predator uh, movie was pretty phenomenal i thought what about you like what were some that were eight out of ten or higher from from last year i definitely have to watch prey i, n- I never watched that and I'm, it just came out at a time when i was really busy um and i tried to watch it on an airplane and it just wasn't happening dude i you know i'm part of the cinebark members thing members thing and they give you an email that says uh oh you watched this many movies this year you these are the movies that you've watched and um i saw 15 movies i think so not a lot but i really enjoyed nope i would probably give that also an 8 out of 10 i really liked batman that's probably a 10 out of 10 for me but i'm biased because i just love batman and i love robert pattinson and uh, matt reeves um matt reeves definitely matt reeves I don't even know what else came out that I saw, which is crazy because I think this year was just kind of like a quiet year for movies. Okay, I saw the menu recently. Did you mm-hmm. see the menu? That's, I did. That's, yeah, that's that's. I would say like that's like a good seven. The ending on that one, I don't know. I got hyped for it uh, for a few reasons, and these reasons actually, I, f- I felt like the expectations were met. Anna Taylor Joy, Ray Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, amazing job in this movie, and and weird as hell in the movie. And then Mark, I don't know if it's Milo, Milo, the director, the main reason why I wanted to see this was Mark Milo is a producer and a director of many episodes of Succession. And 
that is also an equally twisted show. And when you're finished with Succession or, you know, or I should say, and the menu, you are left equally as uncomfortable. It is very unsettling to watch both of those. I, I still do like Succession a little bit more just because the stories are, it was a bit more solid. Did, did you see everything everywhere all at once? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that, that's another one. Yeah, I would say that's, um, I would I really enjoyed that a lot. I mean, it's so good and it's so well made. Some of the humor didn't hit for me all the time, but that doesn't take away how well that movie is made, period, how well it's acted by everybody in that movie. I would say that's a, that's like a seven and a half out of 10, but I'd have to watch it again. Did you, did you enjoy that movie? I really did. That one to me was like a nine or 9.5. I just thought, first of all, what they could do on the budget they had, I thought, I, I really liked the story. I, I thought the cast did a really great job from Michelle Yao to Ki-Hu Kwan, I think is the guy from Indiana Jones. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I apologize if I didn't. Just the fact that it's something original, uh, has a great cast, it's very well directed, the visual effects, you know, like we're talking about Avatar. Avatar, let's talk about budgets for a second, okay? <laughs> Avatar, yeah. the, the the range of budgets I've heard is like, okay, 200, what was it, 60 million or something, or up to, or no, the range they're saying was 350 to, to 460, you know, million. When I hear that, I'm just going to assume the high end of that, you know, so if it's 460, making it the most expensive movie ever made which I believe they had to make 1.4 billion just to break even and start being profitable, which they've done, which is great. Then when there are movies like um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, I'm just going to type that one in real quick. What they did on a $14.3 million budget, and they wow. have a box office, they had a box office return of 103 million. Like that's, it's, it's incredible. You know, like that I think should give a lot of hope to up and coming you know, filmmakers, you know, they had their original film before that Swiss Army Man. I'd never seen it, but I've I've been told that's also incredible too. Well yeah. that's that's why that's why I feel bad giving it a seven and a half because I mean, if you're a filmmaker, that movie really should inspire you. I mean it, it's 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 so well directed, it's so well edited, it's a very original, it has such a huge heart. But I, I think I guess the reason why I don't give it as an A is because I just didn't find every joke funny, but I'm going to watch it again because I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely check well, that out again. Just to recap on our scores, eight out, of, 8 out of 10 for me. Jonathan, 8 out of 10 for you. 8 out of 10. Mm -hmm. And then um, as we were talking about listeners, where to see it, you need to see it in the theater. And these are the like conditions that I would recommend as the minimum for, for what to do. If you can find a theater that has Atmos sound and then 3D. This is, by the way, one of those times, probably one of the only times I'm going to say, yes, do the 3D. Because we remember back in 2009 that 3D only took off after the first Avatar. And it was really... I mean, Jonathan, do you remember this? Like Then, then a lot of movies afterwards were... Uh, Clash of the Titans, Final Destination, everything, 3D. So, and, and it was annoying because some of them, yes, were needlessly made in 3D, but then some of them also were up-converted. 80% of them, I think, were post-converted. And yeah, they just, they look terrible. I mean, every movie from like 2010 to like 2015 was in 3D, which is insane to think about. Everything but uh, dramas and comedies. Every film from the Resident Evil series to... Uh, um, any of those Clash of the Titan movies to 
um, Percy Jackson, to anything that was uh, that had CGI on it. It was marketed as you can see it in 3D. And just to go off what you were saying, I know 3D kind of left a bad taste in our mouth from those years. But if you can tolerate 3D and want to enjoy it, I do recommend watching it for Avatar. This is one of those movies where the environment, the immersiveness of it. I'm thinking of John Landau, who is the uh, the producer of, of this film. This guy I know would be screaming at all of us, being like, you need to see this in the best possible environment possible for with everything that you know we've done for this movie. And listeners, I'm telling you, he's right. Don't do yourself a disservice. And actually, I got to make a confession. The first time I've seen it once, I didn't see it in 3D. So, wow. I, which, okay. by the way, you, you know what? I still enjoyed it. I still loved it. It was an amazing, I'm very grateful for that first, you know, experience. Do I think I'm going to probably see it one or two more times at least in 3D? Definitely. 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 So, I was going to say to go off of that, uh, I'd say if you can tolerate 3D because I have a lot of friends who just don't watch movies in 3D, period. Um, it's not something that they enjoy. So, so Rob, you're a good uh, advocate of this movie. Even if you go see it in 2D, it still holds up. We had we gave it the same score. Why didn't you see it in 2D or 3D? It, it's one of those movies that afterwards, I, I just needed some time with it. Like it, it was, um, it's a ride. It's a ride. I, I just think like the way you were saying that earlier, like the cameras movies are a ride. I think even if he wasn't making Avatar films now, he's making some other stuff. He's This is just the way he does things now. And, and you know, gotta love him for it. And when you watch him in interviews, or on the radio and podcasts, whenever when when you hear when you hear that outsized ego, he has earned it. The guy is talented. The guy is really really talented, and he knows how to how to tell. Um, well, I was about to say tell tell a story. Um, how he shows a story is really something. Telling a story, eh, that's still a work in progress, but that's okay. With that, you know, I just want to say, please, uh, listeners. Go see it in the theater. It will be on Disney Plus eventually, I'm sure, but don't wait for that. With um, with that, Jonathan, I do want to thank you uh, for joining us today on the episode. Uh, again, this is uh, my good friend, Jonathan Olivo. And uh, Jonathan, I hope you will be joining us uh, for more episodes. We can talk about more films. I want to talk about some classic films as well. When I say classic, just earlier films. Um, and special topics. Like for special topics, that includes... When we have the Super Bowl, we're going to see like what trailers are previewing for the summer. Um, even sooner than that, January twenty fourth, we have the Oscar uh, nominees. So let's see what's going on, you know, with all that stuff. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. Plus, I have a feeling this year we're going to see more big entertainment companies acquiring other companies. We're going to see more of that. I'm I'm very sure of it. So Rob, thank you for having me here, my friend. Uh, it was great talking to you about Avatar, about movies. Please have me on as much as you'd like. I'm always down to talk to you about classic movies or movies that came out a decade ago or 30 years ago or whatever. This was awesome, dude. Speaking about what you just mentioned about other companies buying other companies, it's terrifying when that happens, isn't it? In a fun way. Like whenever you see like um, Disney buying Marvel or whatever, it kind of scares you. But uh, anyway, I, I do anticipate that happening as well definitely in the next five years or less so uh i'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about for sure and i appreciate that w with some of these things i do kind of like push you know my guests you know when we're talking about things like uh but it's never personal i i love that and i could see that you don't take it personally and i appreciate that actually you sometimes challenge me on stuff too so we're gonna stay at that and 
I appreciate it, man. Listeners, again, this was for Avatar 2. I hope you check it out, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.